Welcome back to the Marty Party, the number one North American podcast experience in the world. Uh, this is episode number four of the Marty Party. Thank you so much for coming back if we have not scared you off in our first three episodes, so we appreciate that. Um, for, our fourth, for our fourth episode, we have a legendary guest here. Uh, his name is Mr. Mike, Mike Patino, on the mic. You're on the mic with Mike. Uh, on the mic with Mike, and Mike is a good friend of our family. He is... Uh, He's got a lot of history. I'm not going to steal it from. I'm not going to steal it from him. But uh, Mike is a good friend of ours. A um, lot of background in fitness and some other crazy, cool adventures that uh, him and his family have experienced. And uh, uh, also is in the builder world as well. You guys can catch him over at Bella Vista Slash Princeton Classic Homes. But uh, Mike, we will turn it over to you. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be part of the the Marty party. The Marty party. The, the coveted Marty party. So. Absolutely. Uh, get to be a special guest out here. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Mike, so take us back. Right. So let's start at the beginning, the beginning, beginning. the very beginning. Who is Mike Patino? Mike Patino, Mikey P. So let me give you a little bit of history, I guess. Yep. So um, originally from Laredo, Texas. Right. Um, born in Laredo, moved to Mexico, Monterey, Mexico, two weeks later. Uh, my dad was um, um chemical engineer yep. for a Mexican petroleum firm and lived out there for my first seven years of my life. Okay. Moved back to the States, back to Laredo, Texas. I had to do funny story, right? <laughs> so I had to, um, I had to do, was it kinder or first grade? I had to do first grade again, I believe. So okay. I came back. You didn't speak English. I didn't speak any English. You know, I knew like typical words, like, you know, nuggets, chicken nuggets. And right. Pencils. So I had to do, uh, yeah, first grade again. And so I ended up one of being one of the older kids in the class, but that was pretty cool. Um, got to be a little bit, but no. Dang, that's okay. So you so grew up or young years were in Mexico. Yeah, you come years, back early years, Mexico. Uh, some rec well, I did have some recollection, right? Yep. Uh, attended a couple years of school there, but uh, for the most part it was Laredo, Texas. I grew up in Laredo, Texas, man. Yep. Uh, came up here for college and yep. uh, never went back. Never, never left. Okay. Never left. Yeah. So I grew up you know, fully in the States. So I obviously having kind of a dual country upbringing. I mean, what did that do for you? Right. Is it, was it kind of a, was it a, a help? Would you consider it overall? Uh, no, it was super cool. Um, having, I mean, well, first of all, Laredo or the border, you know, isn't what you guys know of today. Right. The, the, the crazy drug wars and cartel wars. You right. Know, that, that wasn't until my later years where I was already leaving that it got pretty bad there. It was a beautiful place to have. It was awesome to just be able to go across the border and, you know, for the most part, party, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were like that's 13 cool. years old going into the clubs out there. Dang, that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, it was a really, really cool place to have. Um, uh, go get cheap stuff, whatever you wanted. It was pretty much over there. And my mom's family, my dad's family, for the most part, still, even though we resided in the States, you know, my grandfathers and, and my cousins and whatnot still lived in, on that side. So it was pretty that's, cool to go over there. That's really, really neat. And what, you know, as far as Laredo, I've never been down there myself, but is it, you know, different vibe than San Antonio? What's it like? Very different vibe, man. I mean, completely international vibe. If you ever went to... Uh, uh, Planeta Mexico or any of those places, <laughs> clubs in San Antonio, or if you caught, uh, what was it, on 281 Salsa Night? Yes. That's pretty much what it's going to be out there. Uh, super fun crowd. Um, it, it's been drawing a lot more attention now that it's got a couple universities out there. It's that makes sense. A is out yep. there. Um, so it's gotten 
a lot more attention and a lot more draw. Yep. Um, but before that, man, I mean, it was just a small little town. Man, my graduating class was probably like 200 people. That's cool. So it was pretty cool. That's okay. So that's really neat. So you're you're out there. You're living the life, right? Obviously, you're growing up fast, right? You know, fast. yeah, growing up really quick, going back and forth between Mexico and having a good time. So when you come to college in San Antonio, where are you going? Where did you go to college at? So I started off at, at San Antonio Community College. Yep. I uh, was there for a few years. I believe it or not, man, it's a funny thing. So as I'm messing around trying to pick electives, yep. Uh, obviously I was a kinesis major, right? Okay. Or, or what's exercise sports and yep. science degree now. Um, but I chose real estate principles. Uh, That's interesting. Law, yeah. And contracts. Yes. Uh, agency principal, yeah. principles one and two, agency law and contracts. I took those courses. Gosh, man. Early 2000. Maybe. That's yeah. interesting. Yes. That's super. super cool. Never used them. Yep. Took them just as electives, really got the college credit for it and kept moving along with absolutely with my course studies. Uh, all throughout this time, um, I worked at, at fin I was in the fitness industry. I right. Worked, I worked in the gyms back in Laredo. Um, got hired at Bally Total Fitness up here in yep. San Antonio at the quarry. Helped open that up. Um, and then eventually made the move over to Gold's Gym when they came over in 2004. And you were at Gold's, I mean, pretty much most of your adult life, yeah, right? 17 years, I think. A little under 17 years is what I worked for them collectively. Um, That's crazy. Had many, many memories. Met a ton of connections there and a lot of folks. Uh, believe it or not, that are in our industry now. Yes, uh, I've noticed all that. Stemmed from 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 the gym industry or the fitness industry. Either Bally's or Gold's as well. I've heard both. Like both of them are, are in there. So that, I think that's interesting for me. You know, and for anyone that's kind of watching, right? Um, if you don't know, uh, real estate and new home sales, right? You can get your real estate license, or you can sell new construction homes in a model home. And so a lot of the guys in the industry in the model homes came from either the gym or cell phone sales. So I think that's really interesting. And and let me ask, you know, that question, right? You know, what about Bally's? What about gold? What about the gym fitness industry made you guys so elite that y'all are doing all very well in real estate? What what was it about so, that? Um, so I've been able to, and it's, it's, it's the question, right? The question of all questions, just because of the fact that there's such a large uh, footprint of, of, of strong leaders in this industry that came from those backgrounds, yes. like you mentioned. But I really think it's, um, it's the grind that they, they, I mean, when it comes to Bally's, it was definitely the grind. It was very mi old school micromanaging. I'll tell you what, my first, my first week, funny story, right? Uh, first week at, at Bally Total Fitness at the quarry. I'm a new kid, yep. maybe 20 years old, thinking I'm, you know, I'm buff, thinking I'm gonna go and you know, talk to chicks and move yeah. some weights. Little did I know it's a full force sales job. Okay. Like telemarketing sales job, lead gen, yep. like all the OGs core yep. to sales came from there. But the the story is I came in, what have you, they said, all right, so you know, make some calls, get some folks in, invite them in for a free pass. I was like, awesome, who do I call? They send me into a closet a lot smaller than what you got going on here. A right. tiny IT closet. Yes. Uh, with a phone and a phone book. Yeah. And literally said, have at it. <laughs> so I'm literally calling off the white pages, cold, what really is cold ice, cold calling. <laughs> and we had to have 10 appointments a day. So you could just imagine how many calls. Yeah. Mikey P hadn't involved to Mikey P. Yet. Right. How many calls Mike had to make. Um, just to even set foot out of that. And you were treated like a slave in there too. You couldn't set foot out of that closet as a rookie until you got your 10 appointments. That's insane. So, I mean, and that's an extreme, right? right. But that just gives you an idea of the day-to-day -day grind that it was. 
Uh, we have an initiative going on right now that we have to make 100 calls in a week, right? right. My guys had to make 100 calls a day. Right, absolutely. Like 50 calls before you took a break, period. Like, that's just, that was just it. Um, a lot of boots on the ground marketing and, yep. build, and building relationships. Uh, so that was a lot of the stuff that was drilled to us. That, that's super interesting, yeah. which makes sense. So y'all have had such a solid foundation in just how hard it was that obviously coming to real estate and new home sales where it's difficult in a different way, but y'all have oh, a really good foundation for just the work, the work ethic that's required. The, it's, it's, it, and it's a, it's kind of like a, um, a cadence, right? right? You have to have a cadence, a daily cadence, right? And you have to under, you have to understand also the sales process. So within my tenure there, I, I made it up to a, a regional sales trainer. Okay. So, Everybody that I talked to, right, as a matter of fact, my wife, I was so embarrassed, right, when I met my my wife's parents, right, uh, you know, of course, so what do you do? I work at a gym. Yeah. Well, they, they look at you, <laughs> you lift weights all day. And that was really f the furthest thing from my day. Right, like, absolutely. You know, I went in from from breaking down P&Ls yep. to, to uh, land acquisitions for new for new gyms or, yep. or acquiring existing gyms yep. and acquiring membership bases to developing corporate relationships, dealing with the chambers of commerce, yep. and then going back down by mid-afternoon and grilling down on my sales managers. Hey, where are we on our numbers? How are we doing on our calls? Where are our cancellations? That's attrition. crazy. And, uh, and profitability. Absolutely. At the end of the day, we have to keep the gym running, right? So we have to keep a profit margin going. So that was all before I even touched the weight. Right, absolutely. So, Which is, I don't think that people really know, think about that, right? No, they don't. And still to this day, even, uh, it's just got a stigma, right? You know, what do you do? You, you work at a gym, you lift weights all day. But it really, truly was a hardcore sales one-on-one gig. Like, and Makes a lot of sense. It, it did give us that that those roots that I think a lot of the guys or, or, or people that are in this industry that came from that industry um, have in common that make it really easy for them to, to follow that cadence. And not to mention the building relationship aspect of it is huge, I feel. Absolutely, that makes a lot of sense because you've met a lot of people through the gym that, yes. that, that now you circle back to and whether they worked with you or they were like members, right? There's a lot Absolutely. of people you, you come across. Absolutely, heck, and, and, and our weekly sales meeting at, at where I'm at, there's there's five in there right now that at one point uh, work with me, for me, or by me. That's, that's super interesting. So, okay, so Jim gave you super solid roots. You come to college, you graduated, right? You finished? I finished my associates, yep. didn't, and then yep. Mikey P took off on the on the gym path, you and got that it. just took me on a different. Absolutely. Okay, so we're at the gym, right? That That's, we're there, um, and we meet, uh, your lovely wife how long yes. after that so super cool right i got i got i was mainly stationed in uh you know the medical area right yep so didn't really travel right. to the northeast side live oak that was another yep. city right to me at that time so i got t stationed out there and uh so cool thing she walks in right uh she one of my sales guys takes her in and gives her a tour or what have you so yep. i go in to do a post tour review with yep. him. As soon as she leaves, I was like, hey, so give me the scoop. Yeah. What's up? What happened? Why didn't you close her? When is she coming back? Right. Are you following up? And does she have any friends? Yep. And she was like, yes, great. Awesome. All right, so now give me the real scoop. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, of course I was interested. Yeah, that's and cool. And funny thing, so obviously you know she was a teacher, right? Right. So she came in to work out after school about Got 3 o'clock. So I, I kind of... Tweaked my schedule yeah, to be there to make sure that I was working out in workout clothes. Yeah, 
back then I was in a lot better shape than I am at, I'm at now. Yeah, you're definitely not big enough. Yeah, now. no, uh, no, a lot better shape, a little less tattoos, but um, I made sure that I was in my muscle shirt yeah. and working out and make sure I was pumped, right? right? In front of her area every time. Those That's are like so specific funny. exercise that to this day, if you ask her, she won't admit it, but I know it was her favorite exercise. <laughs> Watching me do it. it's on Ray. That's on that's on camera. Yeah, we got you that. Need, you need to bring that up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but um, well, and then I had my own routine, right? Yeah. So I finished my, my workout, and and regardless whether she was there or not, I was going in the steam room. Yeah. Uh, she would never go. So by the time I made it to the steam room, it was usually time for for them to either go to the locker room, her and her friends, yeah. or, and leave. Yeah. Uh, but I would make it a point just to wave or what have you. Oh, one more point, right? So going into the steam room in this particular gym, Chris. This is real steamy stuff, right? Uh, right. No pun intended. Uh, they had like an outdoor like shower that you would just pull, kind of like you know yeah. flash dance yes. type of thing, and it just come to rinse you off yes. before you went in the pool or in the steam room. But you could see through it from the gym floor. Wow! So I would make it a point that I'm in my towel, you have to pull the- and I have to pull <laughs> flash dance on it so Brittany could see me. That's amazing. Well, and I, I would tell my friends about it, and they were like, "Oh, you're crazy! You're silly! You're stupid! What have you?" Well, a few weeks later, I walk in the steam rooms, all steamy, can't see, you know, go and do my thing. Lo and behold, Brittany's in there. <laughs> my wife and her friend are in there. And I was like, I'm in. <laughs> You're like, you done deal. I got, got it. this. I got this. So, yeah, we, we cool. started dating. And, that's uh, incredible. Never, never, never looked back. Yeah, like, that's uh, funny. That's a funny story. It's like 10, 12 years later now. That's Actually, crazy. tomorrow's our ninth your marriage anniversary dang congratulations yeah. that's really cool for y'all i think that that's like really neat i think a lot of people you know have stories like that of like how they met their significant others and they aren't necessarily you know sharing them in the unfiltered oh. raw version and that's yeah. funny that's Dude, that, and that's another thing with asking who's mikey b yeah. or who who's mike right yeah i mean what you see is what you're gonna get and Absolutely. that it's a fault man sometimes I like it just I need a little bit more filtration. Absolutely. Uh, but that's where my wife comes into play. That's where she balances me out. and That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. She, well, she's my censorship. <laughs> let's, well, let's lead into that. I, I know that um, for those who haven't met Mike, Mike obviously is extremely, extremely talented, extremely qualified in what he does. Um, definitely the top dog in the room, right? The alpha. So, you know, how, give us a story of, of how sometimes your strong willedness has gotten you into, you know, Ooh. some situations. Um, gosh, I mean, I can tell you about one almost every day. I understand. Right? A good um, one. I gotta be, I gotta be smart here. Yeah, right? smart here. Well, uh, there's a, there, the key to being a good leader or mentor whatever you know whatever you call yourself or want to do for somebody just friend right right um is is to know when uh when no one to hold them and no one to fold them you play cards right chris we play cards together right so yeah there's some times where yes absolutely the alphaness comes out right Right. and and then you just and it's not necessarily alphaness guys it's it's you want to you want to take control or maybe that's not even the right word either right yeah. doesn't help the, the situation but you want you want to you want to lead you want to yes. help find a solution right the quickest way possible and you want to help everybody get to rowing in the same direction right absolutely and and yes it could be viewed as alpha it could be viewed as control it could be viewed as in many things but but in, in the raw sense really and truly if you get to know someone like that is that they're, all they're doing is trying to help right absolutely right and sometimes it's overbearing right and in a lot of cases, folks, uh, I've learned the hard way, right? Yep. That a lot of cases, folks aren't motivated 
the same way I am, right? Right, absolutely. And they don't tick the same. And that wasn't that was hard for me to compute at a very young age, given uh, a management position. Right. So. Uh, you know, I was turned over a keys to a multi-million dollar gym. Right. I think I was 23 years old. Yes. I was the top dog in sales. So right. I thought I was a top dog, period. Yeah, I, I knew it all, right? Right. Well, lo and behold, I didn't know crap, right. dude. And I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to engage people. I didn't know how to motivate people because I didn't care to learn about right. people, right? The whole find out their why, yes. right? Really? I, that didn't exist back in the day. So at least not for me. And I struggled with that. And one story is, right, again, going to the gym and, and, and I start rolling heads on everybody, right? Stuff wasn't up to par the way I wanted, and next thing you know, I had a mass exodus. This was a 24-hour gym, Chris. Right. So you lost some so of your I staff. So I lost so much staff that yeah. I was there t literally 24 hours a day because I had to watch the front desk, yeah, because, because I had to clean toilets, because yep. I yelled at my, you know? So I learned a very, very hard way, and a mentor that I had back then, you know, pulled me aside yep. and, and kind of, you know, made me realize, hey, dude, yes, you've been successful right up until now up until now and now you're gonna have to grow right so that really took me took a step back that's and, good and and i you know again learned a lot in, in my previous uh career right but a lot of it was that was when when you know when to put it aside and understand how to treat people what really makes them tick right yep. and i think that ultimately that propelled me to be a way even better salesman and then projected me the opportunity to be a, a regional sales trainer and train people right on on how to build relations and how to talk to folks that's really that's really so, really good so that's that's on a way that yes my intense yep. filterless personality uh kind of uh met a brick wall and I had, to, I had to grow around it and uh and develop and and it was awesome for it man That's, that makes a lot of sense well i think it's important as well like the you know just the rawness in that i think a lot of people lose sight on the fact that just because you're good at one thing doesn't mean that what got you there is going to get you yeah, there stay right humble. you have yeah, to stay you humble you have to stay humble well and we've talked about this a lot so uh mike uh, has another good friend of ours um anthony he also worked at the gym business um the husband of a, one of our employees here at rebate house and we talk about this a lot right managing people is a whole another animal right it's a whole world it's a whole animal and so i think it's really interesting to me when you see you know i've struggled here at rebate house just learning right trial and error right like what works what doesn't work you know we've had turnover i've had people that i'm like i'm glad you're gone i've had people that i'm like oh i wish you were still here right my bad um i've had it right but you know it's, i think it's interesting in the builder world especially where you know we're all in in the real estate world where like you said, people move up from the sales floor, right? So yes. they're selling homes, they're in an office by themselves. So if y'all haven't seen this, you know, these new home sales counselors are usually in an office by themselves or with one other partner. And then they, you know, they just one day get promoted. So all they've ever had to deal with is themselves or one other person and the guests that are in front of them. And now all of a sudden they get promoted and have become these, district. exactly, yeah. they have a whole district. They have all these different personalities and things that they've never had to deal with before right and you know pulling it off on of new home sales to not make it too specific but like more on the real estate and things like that i think that until you're in a position like that you know even for me you know as one of the leaders here of having to learn how to talk to people how to connect how to relate you know there are things that i just don't find industry interesting that are people's everything you know what i mean 100 and you kill them you 100 percent, dude and and the, the sad part is like you said you have some folks that you're like hey yes yeah, there's a door. You're right. Right. And some folks were like, man, you knew that, that you could have done yes. something better or right. something more, or even just as a good leader, which I, I'm, sh I'm sure you are, you, you express that. Um, 
you're going to reflect that on right. your, on yourself, whether they were good or not, you're going to say, what could I have done right. to maybe have made this work right, yeah. or made it better. Um, and that just, and, and that's every day. I, I don't think there's ever going to come a, a time, Chris, where you're like, I got this. Right. Right. Like it's every day you're constantly evolving because you're constantly dealing with different folks. Every right. folk is, every person is a different world. Um, to that point, I, I've been, I've, I think the last two or three years, I've been reading a lot of books. Yep. Man, I, I'm not kidding. I don't, I don't read shit, man. But you are I, reading. I, I, audible. Yeah. I audible the shit out of books, right? Um, quite a bit. So there's one that I'm on right now. It's actually very interesting. It's called The One Thing. The One Thing. I've not read that. So it's by uh, Gary Keller, The One yeah. Thing. Um, so far, I'm on Chapter 5, and, and it's super in interesting because, I mean, obviously, it says The One Thing, right? So you're, you're like, okay, so what is it? I yeah. want The One Thing. We're just talking about, like, when do you finally reach that point where you kind of master right. yep. leadership or whatever it is that you're doing, right? Right. Um, so it's so intriguing, right? And it, and it leads up until chapter five right now, which is I'm having a conflict with it, right? Because of the fact that it, 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 it talks about multitasking. Okay. And how multitasking is a guaranteed way to screw things up. That is interesting. That it's not necessarily a... a um, like a pro. Yeah, it's not a pro. People, hey, I'm a great multitasker, right? Right. That's my wife. Uh, but it's it's actually not necessarily a pro. There was a study done in, St in Stanford uh, University, and they studied a group of multitaskers and a group of not, right? Yep. And they gave them a test. Multitaskers failed bombed yep. miserably, right? Uh, and it was because of the fact that you could not focus. Your brain could not focus on two things at once. You could do two things at once. You yes. could walk and talk, you know, chew gum and breathe air. She come and read there, yeah. Uh, but to f actually focus, like right. one hundred percent undivided attention on one, two things at a time, it just couldn't happen. One thing was gonna just be lacking, right? right? And the term multitasking actually didn't even come into place till like the nineteen sixties, right? right. It, it was a term that was made up because of computer programming that right. came on, which computers made it seem like they were so fast at doing multiple tasks, right? That it seemed like they were doing it at once, right? right? But and they were really doing it one at a time. Th they were really doing it one at a time in such time, like so fast, right? right? I think it was like back in the day, it was like ten megahertz, and it was like whoa, yeah, right. Uh, but it was also one source; it was right. one CPU, right? Uh, so it got at moved over to the source being humans, right? And actually, we don't have those capabilities, right? So I've been I've been one of the ones that has pride myself on. I'm a multitasker. I could do a bunch of things at once, and that makes me efficient. Right. So now I'm not done with the book, but it's got me questioning, like, yeah, am I efficient? <laughs> yeah. Or am I just messing up on a bunch of other things? Right, exactly, because you're doing, you're trying to, that's a really interesting. Yeah. I'm so. a king of that. In a bad way now, I'm thinking of the same thing, where I have so much going on, so many different hats on. Yeah. Like you said, you're prone to, you, you're like jack of all trades, master of none. You're not efficient that's interesting well and even as as we grow like you know outside of our profession you know as parents right like that talk about wearing multiple hats yes. and doing like you got the multiple kids you got two yes. kids dogs like family wife things going on it's almost like a must right right absolutely but am i really failing so right I, I gotta conclude maybe marty party section eight i'll yeah. follow up with yep. when i finish that but if i had to flip the script and yep. ask you what is your one thing that's so, that's interesting, man. That's really, really interesting. So I am, I am very all in right now on real estate, which is kind of backwards, right? Which is kind of backwards, right? Your family is always top priority and they are right. Like yeah. my wife, my kids, like they're always number one. Absolutely. Right. But I think that, you know, for me, I'm a perfect example of that. So a lot of people don't know this. This is a cool, interesting story. So for the last like 
almost two years, I actually had a second job. Um, I try. I, I went to college for software engineering, so that's what I went to school for was software development. And I actually took a second gig um, developing, you know, uh, software for a big company here in town, um, Loan Software, and took like a two-year gig on that. So I was still involved in real estate, still owned the company, but I was very much multitasking, okay? Very much multitasking. And, and that's actually a, re a really good thing to bring up because I can tell you that it doesn't work, right? You know, I – there weren't enough hours in the day, right? So I was on a 60-, 70-hour work week. Um, miserable and not for why you would think I was miserable, right? I was not miserable because like of the work hours of the jobs, right? Of one set of employees versus another set of, you know, like coworkers, right? I was at a different level at the other company. Um, it had nothing to do with that at all. I was miserable because I couldn't win at anything, right? Like it felt like I was losing in every single arena, no matter how many hours, no matter how many things I couldn't take a W, right? So, you know, for me, it was like, you know, obviously we have a lot of responsibility in real estate, right? So there was always like the most pressing things, right? The legal, the responsibility, making sure that everything's up to code, we're providing the services, things like that, like that took priority. Then I had this second gig, you know, that was a lot of like my nights, weekends, you know, things like that, making sure that things got done. And it was just, it was too much, right? You couldn't do both. And like so burning the candle. Yes, burning the candle at both ends. And not only that, it was a true multitask situation where they're two separate animals, right? You have one hat on, which is like, hey, you know, work with engineers to build something from nothing, right? So you've got to dissect, you know, how it should this work. You have to create something from nothing, right? How should this work? How should it look? How should it function? A, B, C, D, E. That's that's one set of hat versus the other, you know, uh, hat that I have here at Rebate House as far as, like, again, making sure that, like, are we providing the best service, right? Making sure that we have all of our forms, our disclosures, all the legal stuff that re real estate agents have to have. As absolutely, right? Being the, the, you know, lead, team lead here of making sure that, like, I, I'm training them, helping them coaching them so to answer your point in a long run around is that i can tell you firsthand it, it doesn't work and so when i go back into i'm all in on re real estate obviously separate from family which is of course family and faith which is of course first um i can definitely tell you that being all in on one thing helps a lot right and i actually feel like i'm getting w's went for the last like Focusing two years on one exactly thing. one thing so see and i'm a king too of uh of and it sta states this in the book right i'm a king of, of to-do lists yeah uh, and I, and it made sense of why I do it because I I, I need that sense of accomplishment. Right, okay, check that box. Yep. But that's actually also uh, counterintuitive to to what this book is 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 stating. It's stating my to do list should be one thing. Right. That's interesting. And I still haven't figured it out yet. My to do list should be. You have to finish the book and tell me. You got to finish the book and tell me because I'm I'm really interested in like knowing how that kind of goes and how that ends. So okay, that's super interesting. You haven't been reading. Now you're reading, right? You know, yes. we talked about that. Um, I know that you know in general, uh, going back to real estate, right? So uh, your wife just became not just became, but she's been licensed recently. She recently yes. started here with us. Yes. So you know, yes, super excited about that. So um, excited to just you know kind of get like an outsider's look, right? So. For somebody that's never been a real estate agent, right? I know you're in right. new home sales, but you haven't been an agent. And, you're, of course, you're not one now, but your wife is, right? From the angle of people that are, like, getting started in real estate, right? For the people that are, are like, an angle of getting started in real estate, they've never done it before. Like, what were some big things to overcome for y'all going from a stable teaching career into a 1099 real estate world? Like, so what does that look like for a family, right? Yeah, Tell us. No, that's a tough one, man. And that was really – that was – well, once once the decision was made to leave teaching, yes. right, uh, that was I want to say the biggest hurdle to to overcome was 
going from something that's been such stable. Hey, you get paid once a month. Right. You know, you know when it's coming. You you get your summers off. You know when you have to report back. Right. Um, but similar to what we just said, she couldn't part. do both, right? It didn't work. Correct. It just it just wasn't working, and and where the family was going, it just it just wasn't working. Um, I knew this all, or I wanted this to be her case all along is to be all in. Right, all in. That's on one thing. In, that that's usually if I'm gonna do something, I, hey, that's it. I'm going all in, no looking back. If right. Not, I, I, you know, I, I I have to give it my all. If not, I I just wouldn't forgive myself. Right. right absolutely. Um. So when she said she was like, well, I'm, I want to keep teaching, I said, well, I understand because of the security blanket, right. right, the stability, not to mention she's been a student and a teacher her whole life, if you think right. about it, since she started pre-K, she, right. and now she's in a classroom, she's been in a classroom. Yes, the entire no, bulk no of other, her life, yes, yes no, absolutely. No other, correct? So I can imagine, like, the, the you know, the anxiety and the buildup and, and just the fear of the unknown for her to completely leave that but as you said she tried it for a bit and saw that if this was going to be fruitful or she saw that it could be very yes. fruitful. but if it was gonna be it had to be her one thing right Actually, it had to be right her all in and she made that decision on her own which is what was key for me right that she made that decision on her own that's really good especially as a husband yes you know yes you know, absolutely you guys out there take notes i take uh, notes but yeah uh so she she made that decision on her own and since then we have really seen you know, it it just open up and, yep. and take path, and I'm super excited for what the future holds for her and and for you guys together yes. and bridging that. Um, I'm just really, really thrilled at what, what things are to come. Absolutely, and we're, we're extremely thrilled to have her. I think it's one of those things where a lot of people are scared to make the jump, like you said, and it's very difficult, right? They say that, um, they said that of like all the agents that are licensed right now, one in five, so 20% of them are licensed in the last two years, right? They've known nothing but order taking, right? So that's mm -hmm. like a crazy stat of just, you know, a lot of newbies, right? I think it's important as well that people know that if you are gonna get into real estate, even if you're not looking at coming on a team like um, ours here, you know, obviously a lot of people from out of state watching this, uh, I re highly recommend going somewhere where there's a support structure, right? 100%. Yes, where there's leads, where there's an opportunity, because it's hard like to make it's your own tough. thing. It's tough, it's uh, tough. And not, not only on, on, on the leads, but like with stuff that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, right? Like the lead generation right. for yourself, right? Building relationships. Yes. And then understanding a simple sales process, right? Because right? there is a process to right. it. Uh, obviously not coming off as scripted, but there is a process to the sale and, and understanding that because a lot of times these folks are coming from a different industry and came into it, like you said, at an right. opportune time when it was really just order taking. Right. It was very simple. Yes. There was no real skill to it. Um, but it's very different now. They're very different now. Very different and, now. And it's flipped really, really quickly. So more than ever, you need the support system, and and a place that has uh, systems. Yes. In place to help you succeed. Well, and to be a big and to be you know to have a business, I think that's the biggest thing is that just like with the gym, the way you were running that multi million dollar P and L, right? Whether yeah. you're an independent agent, right, at one of these great brokerages, Real Exp, right, or you're on a team you are running your business and what's hard about like what's hard about your business in real estate that I think is an interesting just nugget here right is gold's gym can go out of business valleys can go to business businesses file for bankruptcy all the time close and reopen but one thing that they do a lot of times is rename right it's really hard to do that in real estate you know yeah. what I mean you kind of blow it you know you you're blow done. it yeah, you're, you're kind of done yeah <laughs> unless you, you go fix the face and, yeah and yeah. You're selling yourself. So yeah, 100%. It's crazy. It's 100%. And you're on, I used to say this all the time, and my crew is like, hey, guys, you, you guys are on stage 24-7. Right. You're on stage all the time. 
uh, you're constantly being watched, being observed, being judged. Right. Uh, pros and cons. So just just keep that in mind. And and, and go for the hustle. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to interject some randomness in here, right? Uh, let's go sports. Let's go sports, yeah. right? Like, let's go sports. Should go throw back, it in there. Go. So, all right. So, yes, let's talk about this. So, you know, who's Mikey P? We learned about Mikey P. We learned about the upbringing. You know, we learned about his his gym years and, and kind of what gave him that work, work ethic to be a great salesperson like he is um, in new home construction. So, Let's talk about the fun side of Mikey P, yeah. the Mikey P with the glasses yeah. on and the cigars at the at the nightclub, yeah. you know. So, so yeah, uh, well, the nightclub thing changed a little bit. Okay. Uh, we only get to do that every now and again. Yes. Uh, the wife and I try and take some some uh, Vegas trips yeah. or anything, but that happens now with kids once every two, three years. Absolutely. Right? It used to be every weekend. Oh. But, yeah, so that now I get to, you know, smoke cigars and, and uh, wear sunglasses and play cards at your house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of it here. Well, and we're raising we're, we're raising these children. We want to make sure you're raising these kids properly. So let's talk about their fandom. Like, let's yes. talk about this because you know this is talk really important, me. right? So they have to be Cowboys fans, right? Negative Ghost Rider. <laughs> that, that is a that is a cardinal sin <laughs> at my house. Yes, at the Mikey P household. We we wear green and gold. Agreed I, and and gold. I don't even know how this happened, guys. Like I'm from Laredo, Mexico. You know, Texas. Right. Uh, but I'm a Packer fan. That's super I mean, bizarre. I'm a cheesehead through and through. I've been a, I've been a Lambo. You go to my house. There's all kinds of Lambo stuff. There's Your golf cart is the my right? golf cart is a cheesehead golf cart like all day. All That's day. so fr- super bizarre. My wife puts the little flags now, or she let me. She yeah. let me put the flags outside now with the with the Packers fi- uh, Packers flag. That is super. So and, cool. and there's not there's not a, a catalyst for how that happened. So the only thing that I could. Uh, kind of tie this into so my my I'm, I'm the firstborn child on both sides of the family okay. so the oldest grandson uh but my uncle my mom's little brother is about eight years older than me so he's like my he's yes. like my big bro right so he loved the packers growing up yep. and uh sat me down and watch and i saw it was it was uh magic don Mikowski was the quarterback number seven uh gosh that's early early 80s maybe yep um and it just i just i was thrilled i was thrilled i dug the cheesy colors because yep. they weren't the flashy cowboys and more than anything i think i hated the cowboys fans right. or anything yes uh so yeah i was just a, just from then and then we we lucked out we sucked completely yep. as you know for gosh we have 25 years yes legitimately yeah and then finally around my high school years take the brett Favre. Yep. Yep, and there we we ran again. We ran hot, and then we lucked out with Aaron. Yep, uh, so we'll see where we. That's super interesting. All right, so we got the football down. Um, yep. I know baseball. We were talking about this a little bit. Uh, yes. You're a big Astros fan. Big Astros fan. Yes. Absolutely. So, did you all? Did you ever play baseball? Yeah, 100. percent So I played baseball as a kid. It's my favorite sport. Uh, I was on the practice uh, squad in in college. Yep, didn't make the cut, but uh, but yeah, I loved it. I even played uh, softball. Right. Trying yeah. to keep my pro dreams alive. <laughs> Your pro dreams. The MLB calls, I'm still available. <laughs> You're ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm warmed up. That's interesting. Uh, but now super cool because now my, my son, is, uh, Maddox, he's turning uh, eight. So this past year, him and the Salinas, this kid yeah. Jace, were on a baseball team. And, oh, my gosh, like, heart exploded. I think it was the first day, right, and he was out on the field. And he had his Mike Trout spikes yeah. on, looking like a stud. And I had my Oakleys, right? Um and then my wife looks over, she's like, oh, my God. 
Are you crying right now? I was like, I'm not crying. Leave me alone. But yeah, hot outside. I, 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 man, it's too hot. But yeah, I couldn't hold it in. It was just like, oh my god. That's so, so amazing. I went down there and I caught the whole game for the kids. That's it was so a, awesome. That's man. super incredible. So cool. So sports fandom is running hot through your household. Hot. That's well, super. Constantly cool. watching some some sort of sport right now it's kind of the weird time yes, right because super bizarre you get yeah, baseball a little bit baseball got gets hot after you know the, the, all-star. the all-star break yep. which just happened yep uh go strolls go um but but yeah it's that kind of that dead time yes. man um but training it's cancer starting training it's excited we yes. saw rogers show yes. up looking like nicholas cage and uh, <laughs> con air con air yeah absolutely which can only mean good things for the season absolutely that's interesting and y'all it's okay it's maddox and you have one more little one right yeah my little guy memphis so so very interesting dynamic with those two guys man those are my boys right so maddox is like my wife okay. like 100 yep like spinning me like good boy yes. like you tell him to as a kid right, he, right. we li- we lived in a two-story at the time um, when he finally went upstairs to his bed, we were like, all right, son, you don't get out of your bed until mom and dad can get you. Yes. So the kid would literally lay there, Chris, like, <laughs> oh, and he wouldn't move. He would not move till we went up there. Right. That's just how he is. That's incredible. Memphis. Yes. is yeah, the opposite. Yeah. Memphis could be a little more like daddy. I think yeah. is, is what would happen. But this kid, man, <laughs> he's trying to push his older brother's head under the tub and under the water in the tub. He's, He's our little, uh, what does my wife call him? Our spirited child. Spirited child. Yeah. That is a, that's a CEO word. That's like Amazon when they're like, hey, you know, guys, all these uh, opportunities for improving. You know, yeah, that, that's, that's a, when you're getting written up. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> we have all these opportunities. Spirited is one of those words Which where it's like, yeah, words. he's a, a very spirited boy. Yeah. Absolutely. With all it's his a demon like, child. Yeah, absolutely. You call him a demon that's child. That's the one that gets written up in school. Our, our boy, I actually, I think I mentioned this on the other podcast the other day. Like Luke uh, goes to the same daycare yeah. that y'all goes to and the other day we got a call and they're like he's biting people and so we went to pick him up i had to go pick him up because he was biting people he doesn't talk my my two-year-old um doesn't talk doesn't say any words but you know he kind of understands so we go and pick him up and i have like three different incident reports to sign because he's like biting three different children you know and it's hard because obviously how do you talk to somebody that doesn't talk back to you right this is where like i said leadership going back into leadership right you got to connect and resonate with everybody you gotta resonate find some ways to connect but but to to that point chris a funny thing like uh, maddox like i mentioned earlier when he was a baby he was he was always the one getting bit right like dude we used to get calls i was so angry right so angry and and the the alpha whatever would come out and and believe me that guy's suppressed in there like suppressed the kid's david banner but yeah he would come out because i mean the kid was constantly getting beat up man uh, and then we flip the script. We get Memphis, right? right. Memphis the biter. <laughs> so my wife was tripping, like to a point where, like, poor thing. She was like, it was, she was, it was weighing heavy yeah. on her a lot. That we, we were constantly getting write ups yeah. or calls, or she's like, oh my god, he's gonna get expelled. Yeah, I, so I thought the, I think the same thing every day. And um, and then we also started feeling bad for, for you know the other kids yeah. that he's beating up and pulling hair and biting. Right. And I was like, well, wait a minute, man. We had like six years of uh, Maddox getting yeah. beat up, so. It's kind of what it felt like on the other side. So it's kind of a wash. Right, you know? it's kind of a wash. You had yeah. one, you had one victim and one, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> accuser. It, kids are hard. Like kids are extremely hard, yeah. and it's it's completely different animals, especially at that age. You guys have a what five six year age gap. It's a four year, four, four and a half year age gap. Four and a half year, yeah, age gap. That's tough. That is tough. It's extremely tough, and but I think y'all, I think obviously y'all are doing a, a really good job with it, and Thanks. I think it's one of those things that you know people don't. Again, like when you you see us in new home sales or you see us in real estate, like they, they, 
it's hard because people don't really take the time to know like the real like who yeah. is right Chris Marty who is Mike Patino, and we're dealing with the same issues that y'all are right. It's just on a it's on a scale that it's tough because with new home sales and real estate you're always available, right? Yes. Like you're always available. 24/7. So the kids are fighting. It's six thirty at night, but the phone's ringing, and you got to pick that up because you you're gonna lose. Like you're gonna take a cancel. Somebody's mad. You know, somebody yep. just got off work and walked their home. So I think that that's another interesting dynamic as well as parents of of people in real estate. You're you're legitimately a juggler in a 100%. in a circus, you know, like and and, and a multitasker by default yes. almost, right? What we were you talking have, about. You have to be. Uh, but it's funny that, to that point because I I mean I could I. You were explaining the scenario, 6.30, dinner, chaos, right? Kids yelling, dogs barking, and you take a phone call because you might yeah. might cancel, right? right? That was an exact case not too long ago. Um, but it's funny, the minute that, that the customers or the buyers, you know, kind of hear, yes. hear that, oh, snap. Yep. He's a human. Right, like, absolutely. He's got a family. Right. Like, they kind of, like, tone it down a bit and come, right. back to, come back to earth a bit. But, yeah, available 24-7. And literally 24-7 gig. And I, I think that it's really interesting just, you know, with – you know, the whole point of us doing this series is, is to connect, you know, like, hey, it, these guys aren't just in these models to sell you home. Le- legitimately, like, they're people, right? Like, they're not just there to get you, right? A lot of people feel like, you know, like, oh, they're there to get you. They're there to just get you to sign and things like that. And I, I think it's a, 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 I think it's interesting because we are more relatable to y'all than you might expect. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, we are, you know, we're in the struggle bus the same way y'all are with, with parenting, with the kids, with everything. Well, not only that, even to, to, to the point, Chris, I mean, we were buyers not too long yes, ago with absolutely, you. Absolutely. So yeah, we were in that same boat. We're, we're feeling the heat too. Yep. We were having to sell. Yes. Very, talking to lenders, yep. uh, time get, crunches, get creative on financing mm-hmm. and things like that. Absolutely. Well, and I think that that's, um, so yes, they were clients of ours uh, before, you know, either of them were in the new home sales world or real estate world uh, for Brittany. You know, I think that was interesting as well because it just provides a dynamic of like, you know, y'all's experience with us on the professional end now flipping into like, a friend thing now flipping it again obviously to coming back you know for her moving all the way over here to work i think that's just interesting too because it shows y'all just that like we we are consistent through and through you know what i mean like like we are consistent through and through and i think particularly for you know us and and y'all as well like like you said you see what you get we're the same kind of way right like we are a constant you know transparency is kind of the the, the theme, right? Right, absolutely. Which I think is, it, not everybody is, you know what I mean? No. Not not everybody is. So I think that that's a really neat um, selling point for both, you know, y'all and, and kind of us as, as a group here, you know, at Rebate House. Um, but yeah, we're super excited for y'all. So, you know, kind of wrapping this and cl- closing it, I want to ask, you know, some some good, like, some good questions, right? Talk so, oh, t- talk to, okay, so talk Bring to me about, it. like, here's the cheese. All right, this is, this is, this a, cheese. is the cheese. This guys. is a good one, right? So this is a good one right here. So, okay, so... You're in Vegas, right? Uh-oh. And a lot, and not any particular case. This is just he's in Vegas. So he's in Vegas. The diet's out the window. He doesn't care about his diet. 100%. You've been at the club all night. It's three thirty, and you have to eat because you're going to die. Where are you going? Ooh. And what are you eating? So there's several. Oh, okay. So where were we partying first? Because oh. <laughs> it, it it matters what. Okay, this what is, was the vibe? Like? Okay, this well, is we're, we're at, at the pool club. party. No, or we're at the club? club. We're at the club. We're at the club. We're at the club. So we're at the club. So we're at the club shutting down, right? Club shutting down. DJ's leaving. DJ's leaving. So I'm still hearing the DJ. Right. So I'm probably gonna want. All right, in Vegas, I, I'm weird, guys. Like, and my wife could tell you every time I go to Vegas, yep. I have to have Nathan's hot dogs. Nathan's, Nathan's hot, hot dogs. dogs. Like, I just have to have it. I do they serve those at like Coney Island, or it, where do you get them? They're actually they're at the MGM uh, little food court. Really? Yes, only place that I found them, and um, I gotta go. I mean, it's just that's it's super just, interesting yeah. for me. That that would be the one like 
dirty food, right? Yes. I guess that I would want. Dates the, hot dogs. The other place, and here's gonna, I'm going to put in a plug here for my spot, Batista's Hole in the Wall Italian Restaurant. Never been. Dude, it's, it's literally a hole in the wall. And my buddy that used to live there told us, hey, let's come eat, come eat here with us or what yeah. have you. This is a spot where, like, all the locals come and yada, yada, yada. So you walk in. And you feel like you're in Goodfellas, about to get whacked. Oh, my like, God. Like, straight up. Yes. There's a little old man with an accordion yes. playing the, the, the moon hits your eye. Like <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so it, the whole nine, right? But the food is phenomenal. It's greatly priced. But my wife and I, like, have to, have to, have to, have to have Bautistas. Yes. Every time we go. And lately, well, the Salinas and, and, and us have been taking trips to Vegas yep. the past few years. Yep. We stop there every, every time. Every single time. Every time. That's interesting. Super cool. You got to go next time. It's behind the flamingo. Behind the flamingo behind on the, the south flamingo, side. Behind the flamingo, yes. That's interesting. Okay, so we got, that's the late night, yes. that's the late night food. Okay, so if you are in a strongly worded disagreement and it turns into a physical altercation, who do you want on your team? Who are you calling to be, who are your boys Ah, real quick, man. My, my boy Anthony. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I call my boy Anthony. You got to bring the muscle over. Yeah, absolutely. Bring the big guy. So do the people just fold when they see him because he's like a supermodel? They're just like, oh, we don't want to fight this guy. And they yeah, just got to leave it alone. And, yeah, he comes off as like, um, he got called like an aging pro athlete one time. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I could see that. He, yeah. He, yeah he, oh, but funny thing, too, is uh, our neighbor calls him an MS-13. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, super funny. Yeah. So Anthony's a guy. Okay, so Anthony's a good one. I got the food. I got the who your boys. Okay, so then, all right. You let's say that like when, let's say when Maddox is sixteen, right? So eight more years from now, right? And he's you know kind of like young man at this point, right? You can take him anywhere in the U.S. Yes. for the best dad son like coming of age story. Where are you going, and where is that going to be? So see, it's going to be kind of weird because sixteen, I can't really take him to Vegas right, yet, right? And Anthony and I had this conversation about bringing the boys to Vegas right. and we're going to be the old dads with them. Yeah. Right. They're still there, you know, doing it up and gambling and whatnot. But at 16 coming of age. Okay. Okay. Ooh, I got it. All right. It would have to be a ballpark. Ballpark. Lambo. Lambo. Lambo field. Okay. 100%. Me and my son. That's amazing. Oh my God. I got chills. I know. That's good. Ooh. Well, Rogers, if you're hearing this, send me tickets. We're, we're, we'll go. We're I promise. Do we're documenting this so that we can circle back and see, you know, if we hit it on the mark. That's really, really cool. All right. Last one for you. And we're yes. going to wrap this up. Uh, thank you again. Uh, okay. So we got that, right? So let's say that you are Oh, man, I had a really good one. Okay, so let's say that you, on the flip side, right, that was your experience, right? Like, on the flip side, right, you know, where do you envision, like, put yourself 10 years in the future for your kids, right? Where are okay. your kids going to want them to take you, right? Where? How do you think your kids are going to grow up to be? Like, where do you think they want to go? So, I don't know. So, my kid, uh, the older one, Maddox, uh, you know, I said the I said the Lambo thing, but thinking you know, thinking it through, you know, he would want that because he knows how important it okay, is Okay, so what me. would he want? He would want like to go to like the, build a lightsaber. Oh, you know, so he wants like to go to Star Disney. Wars. He wants to go to Disney. I think he would have like best time of his life. Uh, you know, that's incredible. He's a, he's a huge Star Wars fan. I think that would be really cool. Absolutely. For the little one, man, I don't know. That guy's gonna be like fucking women's mud wrestling or something like that. Oh my like gosh, that. absolutely. Know. He's gonna be like we'll in Louisiana, you know, yeah. there in the in the Bayou. That's super gator wrestling, wrestling gators and whatnot. But we'll have to yeah. circle back and see how that. We we'll have we to circle back and see how that ages. So, anyways, Mike, I appreciate it. So, guys, this was episode again four. I have to count them in my head of the Marty Party. Um, 
as always, we mentioned this on some of the last couple of series. Our goal is to kind of revisit some of these early episodes, you know, in the next coming years and see how things have changed, right? How the market's changed, you know, is real estate still going, right? Are we all even in the same profession? So um, now you know the real Mikey P. Again, we'll, you'll know him. We'll drop his info. Yeah, you guys can find him right now yeah. uh, in Meyer Ranch, Princeton uh, Classic Homes in Bella Vista Homes. And uh, yeah. Mike, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. If you guys want to get more... Mikey P stories, come see me out at Meyer Ranch. I'd love to talk to you out there and get to know you. And thanks, Rebate House, for having us. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. Another great episode here. We'll catch you next time.